0: What's up, everybody? It's Andrea. Today, I hate the Dura sisters. Sharice loves the Dura sisters, and we ask the question, whose side are you on? Come nerd out with us.
1: Welcome to the TNG podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice.
0: Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we are talking the season four finale. It's season four, episode 26, Redemption, part one. This episode was written by Ronald D. Moore and directed by Cliff Bull. Picard balances his Federation and Klingon duties as new Klingon Chancellor Gowron faces a civil war. Worf and his brother Kern fight to regain their father's honor. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) (laughs) You know how I love the Klingon stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And usually this and this particular storyline, I think, is actually pretty good um, because it's not just like Klingons show up randomly and then they are all about duty and honor and then they die. Like there's right. an actual story arc here with Worf. It's just been such a long story. We started yes. this, did we even start this in season four? Did we start this in season three? I don't know.
0: <sighs> I don't even know. It's been going I mean, It's, on, been, it's, it's been, been a long time.
1: Yeah, much, much too long. Um, and then we also have this secret Romulan-Klingon alliance, which I think is very interesting. Again, as a mm-hmm. story arc, it's like, ooh, who would have ever saw that come together But again, it's been teased out here and there and then there's like five or six episodes and then teased again and then five or six more episodes. So I think, you know, if I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, I don't remember how I felt about it. But just thinking about what that experience might be like, I don't think I would remember all those previous instances to tie everything together. They needed to put the storyline a lot closer together, like maybe have like one episode in between, but make fewer episodes that tease this alliance and and put them closer together so that way there's some stakes here. It seems more like, oh yeah. wait, where the Romulans come from? Did
0: they do that before? You know? Yeah, no, it feels very, very much like I don't feel like the Romulans are used to their full potential in TNG because they are such formidable um enemies. Like they're such formidable enemies they could have made them stronger, but, you know, we got our first taste of Romulans at the end of season one where it's like, we're back, we're back. And then we don't actually see them Yeah, Um, or they're back for like two seconds and they're like, we'll be seeing you. And then they kind of (laughs) disappear. It's like, okay. um, That was sort of pointless. And, you know, Jordy is like held prisoner on that, like planet with one Mm -hmm. of them. Who's kind of like more, I don't know. He seems more less of a threat than like the Romulans should be. And so there's a lot of like, we're dealing in the shadows and we've seen this like shadowy woman a couple of episodes ago and we finally get her, you know, she gets revealed in this episode. But yeah, it's just sort of, they're really teased out more than they are actually like implemented in in a way that is actually a real threat. They just Mm -hmm. seem to be like those people who just, it's like someone who just threatens to sue you a bunch. And after a while you're like, yeah, okay, you're going to sue. All right, fine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, you're, then, then sue me already. Whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs>
1: stop prove threatening it. it, Romulans. Prove it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But so I was excited to put this out on this. I mean, th- that's just my thought right now as we were talking. But I was glad to really put this whole storyline to bed. Because Worf took a discommodation yeah. unfairly. He didn't do anything wrong. And I would have been okay with him being excommunicated from Klingons forevermore since he's like never there anyways. Yeah. But... <laughs> It's really nice that they wrapped up the storyline so that he didn't get wrongly accused. And that's the end of the story that he actually got some redemption part one and redemption part two.
0: <laughs> he did get redemption part one in redemption part two. You're so right about that <laughs> because even still, and we'll touch base, you know, we'll touch on this next week when we talk about this episode, you know, the wrap up is like, you know, Worf's name is cleared, but in a very, very small council where most people are not even there, and some have sent a proxy. You know, so it's like, so is the word really out about Worf's like discommendation being lifted or not? Like, mm-hmm. is this still going to be whispered about? You know, I don't know. Um, let's let's just jump right in here. Picard is asked to attend the installation of Gowron as the leader of the Klingon High Council, and he's like, okay, so you know, when Kempek died. And we claimed Duras as the leader or Gowron, whoever the fuck. Cause again, it happened so long ago. It's like, we can't even remember. Mm-hmm. Gowron is like, Hey, I'm here to, to like, have you find like do the final rite of ascension, you know, mm-hmm. as, as arbiter, this is your final responsibility is to like, put this heavy ass, you know, button laden mm-hmm. cl- cloak on me mm-hmm. <laughs> to make me the high leader. Um, and so Picard of course is like, Hey, Worf, haven't you done this discommendation thing long enough? Like, aren't you trying I'm to reinvent kind of tired yourself? To that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like,
1: it's not the time, Captain. It's not the time. And, and Picard's like, wait, what? <laughs> Weren't you like super pissed, you know, three seasons ago when we first introduced this storyline? Yeah. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're like, meh, I can live with it. <laughs> and tries to kind of stir Wharf to action. Um, and it's not super effective.
0: It's not super working. I'm not going to lie, Picard doesn't super work. <laughs> yes. Which is funny because for someone to say, it's not the time it's like, Oh, it's super the time. Yeah. This is the time. Like if there was ever, if somebody could have written a situation more perfect for the time, which they did for this episode, this is it Worf.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. We have no a change time. in leadership. This is the time to be like, Hey, by the way, the old yeah. leadership was a bunch of crap because they did this to me. So as a new leader, let's make this right. It was yeah. the perfect time.
0: Mm-hmm. It was the most perfect time. So Gowron, um does come aboard earlier than expected. And he's like, Picard, we need to move now in order to prevent civil war. And it's like, well, what? Like what's going on here?
1: Because mm-hmm. there wasn't supposed to be, there wasn't supposed to be any Klingon ship escorting them to Klingon. Everything was fine as far as they knew. Suddenly the ship decloaks and it's Gowron. And he's like, we need to talk immediately. There's gonna be a civil war, and you're like, where did all this come from? Last I heard was come put this cloak on you and peace out. And now yeah. apparently a whole bunch of other stuff has happened in the interim.
0: Yes. And this is a like enterprise stay in orbit. I'll be back in an hour, and then we'll be out of here. Done. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's all this was supposed to be. So if I remember correctly, when Kempek died and made Picard arbiter because no Klingon could be trusted because there were too many like political dealings, you know, mm-hmm. going on in the background. Yeah, it was between Gauron and Duras. Correct. And Turns out Duras knew all along about the, you know, the betrayal at Kittimer and blah blah blah. And he's kind of just generally an all-around dick and he murdered yeah. Kalar, which, you know, that's really the crime that we care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gawron, I think, had so one. Worf like,
1: murdered him. That's what happened. Yeah. So
0: Worf murdered Worf murdered Duras. So, so really like, was
1: the only one left. So that's why he got yes. the title. <laughs>
0: yep. So yeah. So it's like, okay, it basically was like, I'm running like unopposed at this point. Yes. So I'm just going to like win this election here. Um, and so this is where Gowron is like, look, things have still been happening, even though Gawron is, or even though Duras is dead, his, his I like what they say. They said his influence extends from beyond the grave. And I was like, Ooh, that's kind of cool. So it turns out that the worst sisters that ever, the worst sister act in the universe is mm-hmm. the Duras sisters. And it turns out that the they Dura sisters. Oh my God. I they're fucking such, hate
1: them. They're such great bad guys. and I they're not hate even, them. They're not so even much. always that bad either. Like as we, as we're going to see them throughout the season, it's like sometimes they're bad like this episode like they're just evil but sometimes they're just like kind of tricky and sometimes they're just like doing their own thing and they just get caught up in something that had nothing to do with them and they're really just two girls out to get what they want in the world and I I just love how they kind of because it's not very Klingon like the way they act is not very Klingon which I find so interesting I mean sometimes they do with the growling and whatnot but the way that they go about things is not just just with like murdering people, which is kind of the Klingon way. They're a mm. lot more tricky and they always have a plan. So I like that they did that with the Klingons. I think it added more dimension to the like warriors, honor. It adds a whole new layer. They don't go like that, they don't act like that.
0: Yes. Well, see, I hate the Dura sisters. I hate them because they suck so hard in these two episodes. I think Lursa, out of the two of them, Lursa is just, she's more of, a Romulan, you know, she's just very political, shady dealings from the shadows, cloak and dagger type. Mm-hmm. But, um, Bator is just a hoe. And I'm so <laughs> sick of people just trying to use their sexuality as if that's the only thing that they've got going for them. And it drives me crazy when women do that, where they're like, well, we'll just. I'm just going to appeal to his dick. (laughs) And it's like, come on now. Like, Mm -hmm. sure. That is one of many tools that you should have in your tool belt. Okay. And probably the one that you whip out the least. (laughs) Okay. Because the more you do that, the less effective it is. But not only that, it's just, it becomes like, let me just become a simpering woman. Who's going to like, take care of like your desires in order to get what I want. Listen, Dura sisters, I'm so sick of this shit. I can't, I hate seeing it. It just it it devalues women so much, in my opinion. Um, and if men did that as many times as women do that, they would also be looked down upon as well. And I think that it's like kind of fair to be like, this is the only thing that you think you're gonna use. Like that's the only thing you've got. You've got brains, you've got power, you've got allies, you've got all of this shit. Like it's a Mm -hmm. chess game, and here you are just stroking Picard's head and making out with Worf's beard I was like oh god I don't like any of this I don't like any of this I at think all. it's good that yeah. Betor
1: has Lursa as like a counterpoint because Lursa doesn't get down like that at all no she doesn't and thank half god the time she's like half the time she's like Betor like sit down somewhere okay yeah. so we have business to, to attend to <laughs> take a nice so- pack yeah. Cool she, down. she lets yeah. Betor try it from time to time when it's like, all right, fine. Give it a go. But she's like, but really you have about three seconds. If it doesn't work, we're moving on to something that's going to actually work. Um, See, so I that's think it's why, good if there's a pair.
0: Yeah. That's why I think Lursa is, I think Lursa is a formidable Dura sister. I think Baytor should just go get her rocks off on, on Risa and come <laughs> back rested and refreshed. And like, Let's just get back to this. So I, this I don't is, think
1: they're like this after these two episodes, though. By the way, thank God they're, bo- they're both like Lursa. They're both more like in future. Thank episodes. God.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, so the Duras sisters are, are rousing support uh, with their family. You know, the Duros name at, with the Klingon High Council, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> Picard's support is needed by Galron. But Picard is like, I will not step outside of my responsibilities as arbiter. Like, I'm here to put the cloak on you and peace out, and that's it. And as they as they, um, meet in this Klingon high council chamber, they're like, well, here's a couple of things going on. One, this is the installation of Gowron as high counselor, but two, it's like, does anybody have any, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. If anybody objects to this and nobody says anything. And Picard goes to grab that super heavy cloak full of buttons and pins. Mm-hmm. And this little child, a Klingon child, who's like a teenager comes out and he's like, I, I object.'" And they're like, well, who the hell are you? And it turns out he's Duras' son that nobody knew about. So this is where the Duras sisters come good because they did find that he's got, you know, he had mm-hmm. some sort of child he somewhere, along mm-hmm. the, somewhere along the line. <clears throat> and even if he's like an illegitimate heir, Picard's like, well, now this sort of changes things and so they need to like take this into consideration.
1: Yeah. And at the same time, Worf is trying to reclaim his family honor because he was finally convinced of it, not by Picard. But by Gaynan. So if we go back a little bit, um yes. he did try to go and talk to Gowron personally. Like he met him in the transporter room and he tried to say, like, hey, you know, I need to talk to you. And and Gowron was just like, No, I, I don't hear you. Like you've been you've been discommendated. And he's just like, Listen, this is what really happened. It was really mm-hmm. duros, blah, blah, blah. And Gowron is is legitimately shook. He's just like, I had no idea. This is not right. And then when he finds out the whole council knew. He's just like, oh, are such treacherous people, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, like a good politician, he's like, but I need their support. I need their support. So I can't alienate them. I can't anger them. I cannot restore your honor, even though that's the right thing to do. And Ward was just like super pissed. And he's like, well, I guess that was it. But later on, he's playing some kind of shoot him up game. And Guinan comes in, which is so great because he's like, hey, you know, she's like, I'll play with you. And he's like, I play on level 14. And she's like, I guess I could come down to that level. I just love that line so much. (laughs) And she's like amazing at it. And basically she talks to him about his son, Alexander, being raised by by humans, just like Worf was. And how someday he'll have to learn what it means to be a real Klingon, just like Worf is learning right now. Because Gowron basically told him, you made your bed now lay in it. You decide to take this this discommendation to save the empire.
0: so. I think it's. I think it's great. He's like you took a lifetime sentence, and you want me to change it for you a year or two later. Like you made this decision, and you knew it was a lifetime sentence. So deal with. I think you have to live with the choices that you make, and I think that that struck me. Even though, like, we know Wharf's family wasn't in the wrong. We know Wharf did this just to protect Kern, and, and blah, blah blah blah, whatever. So it was a discommendation he took, like for the wrong reasons, and like of course we would love to see his family's name like restored. But it's like, buddy, you're a grown ass man and you made some choices and now you have to live with those choices.
1: Yeah. And it's fair because he did that to save the empire from splitting into civil war. And that hasn't changed. If he, if Gowron does this now, it's going to make the empire split into civil war. So the situation is still the same, even though Kempek has died. So Worf goes to his brother Kern and says, we need to back Gowron so that they, you know, in exchange, and I actually really loved this scene between Worf and Kern because I was like, this is like the most I've ever heard Worf talk in, in ever. But he basically talks to his brother about how Gowron, um will have to give their family honor back if they support him and if all of Kern's people that he's gotten together support him. And so he's, like, look, he has, like, this really tricky plan, which I was, like, I didn't know Worf could be strategic like this. It was amazing Mm -hmm. about, like, we're going to help Gowron, but not until the very last second, until the Duras sisters have him on the ropes. Then we'll be, like, all right, we'll help you, but only if you give give us back our family honor. So Mm -hmm. Gern's pretty pissed because he hates Gowron, and he's, like, if the Duras sisters don't kill him, I'll kill him. Like, I hate Mm -hmm. that guy. Um, (laughs) But because Worf's the head of the family, he's, like, fine, brother, I'll do it. So now in this great hall when this little kid shows up and Picard's like, crap, now I have to, you know, decide, does Duras's De claim still hold? Does Gowron's claim hold? Like what's the, what are, what are the legal implications here? We also have another layer of Worf being there trying to restore his family's honor at the same time and trying to all prevent civil war, which at this point seems pretty unpreventable.
0: Yeah. It's pretty imminent at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So this little, this little teenager is like, I will challenge you. And by the way, if that kid wasn't the most Californian looking and behaving Klingon I've ever seen, I don't know what is. Cause he was like, Hey dude, I'm challenging you. Like he just had the most like California kid accent. And I grew up as a California kid. So I mean, same buddy, but yeah, when I saw that, I was like, they couldn't find somebody else who looked and sounded just a any bit more Klingon. <laughs> he looked like he just came from like fast times at Ridgemont high or whatever. And right into this role, mm-hmm. <laughs> even, even when things didn't go his way, he was, his whole attitude was like, Oh man, this sucks. <laughs> like it was very <laughs> that sort of tone. It's like, all right. But <clears throat> yeah, here we have though, this wrench is thrown into the system, right? Lurs and Bator show up and they're like, mm, it turns out that this child Toral." was duras's son and now the council has to consider the validity of Toral's claim as Duras' son to high counselor which is like uh uh-oh the last thing you need is a shitty little teenager on any kind of high political office Mm because things are just not going to go so well
1: and really it's going to be the duras sisters running the whole empire through him. Through
0: Toral, yeah, because, of course. Because
1: women are not allowed to rule on the council. If they were, it would have been the Dross sisters themselves, or totally. one of them, probably Lursa, who would have tried to take um, take control. So they're going to try to rule the empire through this kid. Very Egyptian of them.
0: Yes. Very <laughs> um, Egyptian. Totally.
1: And Galron's just like, all right, let's just kill them. And Picard's like, oh, wait a minute. I think there are some legal things going on here that I actually have to think about because, you know, it's my job. This is my last duty and I'm going to do it right. Well, later on, we're on the Enterprise and we see Worf asking Data to look up all this, to look up the Kitomer research that he's found and all this information so he could take it back to his planet and be like, ha mm-hmm. there's proof that Duras was really behind it all and blah, blah, blah. And Picard is just like, what are you doing? Aren't you supposed to be on leave right now? Did you cancel your leave? Are you back? He's like, no, I'm not back. I'm still on leave. I'm just like using the enterprise to get any information I need. And Picard's like, that is literally the definition of interference. <laughs> you cannot use you can't your position. Do that. Yeah. You cannot use your position as a Starfleet officer to affect political change on your homeworld. world. That is like way past our like no, no. Yep.
0: Five layers of conflict of interest deep.
1: Yeah. It's and he's just, just like, not a I, thing. Don't, I don't see the problem. I need this information <laughs> and I work here. So I just came and I got it. Right. It's like, this is a problem, buddy. You can't do that. So Picard talks to him about, which I thought was really interesting about walking that fine line, because Picard's like, I'm in it just as much as you. I'm a Starfleet officer, but I'm also the arbiter, literally deciding who will be in charge of the whole empire. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying my best to follow all the Klingon rules and laws and have nothing bias my opinions. So let's come to a compromise. I will make these files available to everyone, to the Duros family, to anyone on the Klingon homeworld, to absolutely anyone. So that's fair. Mm-hmm. And that is the last thing I'm doing, Worf. Like, that's it. Don't come that's use it. our systems for anything else. Don't be trying to take a shuttle into war. None of that. None <laughs> of that.
0: Can you imagine somebody taking a little shuttlecraft <laughs> into war? Like,
1: that would be it. They would be a one have weapons. Those are no, like so useless. They have nothing.
0: They don't have weapons. They don't have warp drive. They have nothing. They, they don't have nothing. They're just struts. They don't they're have just wheels.
1: Th-
0: <laughs> <laughs> wheels. Got yeah, they're just a cardboard box that a kid is playing in <laughs> with a little piece of window on it, okay? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you have no. sensors
1: to know what a ship's decloaking. cloaking like. They don't. You have to away from as, hole.
0: as as we learned in the mind's eye they don't even have that. You have to literally turn around to see that there
1: there's a show right there. You lose your eyeballs. So don't go to the bathroom. You might run into don't, a ship or planet. Don't fall asleep.
0: Don't anything or an nothing. asteroid. Yeah. But yeah You're so- basically just playing pretend. <laughs> That's it. You're playing pretend. Um, but one of the things that I do want to point out just a little bit before this is that the Dura sisters, we see them in a chamber and they're openly conferring with the Romulan Romulans on how to leverage themselves to power. And we see this mystery woman again. She's still in the shadows, still a very familiar voice. And it's like, okay, so the Dura sisters are carrying on the family tradition of being like, we're just going to work with the Romulans to get what mm-hmm. we want. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's like, okay. All right. So like, father, so like
1: son, like daughter.
0: Yeah. And like grandson, apparently. Exactly. So this is. This is something that Picard has feared because he did tell Riker, like, hey, let's just kind of quietly keep an eye out on Romulan activity in the neutral zone or on the you know border of Romulan space, because this is exactly this is exactly what we fear may be happening, which it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I do I do love that, like Lursa and Bator do ask to speak to Picard privately. And I think it's one of the cringiest meetings in Starfleet history. As I said, I hate it when women try to sex it up as if, as if that's the only thing that they've got going. And so uh, Bator is like, let me warm up your tea and is like stroking his head, which I was like, girl, get your hands <laughs> and your fingertips off of that man's head, please. But you know what? Picard handled it like a professional mm-hmm. where he was like the tea is excellent. Thank you. Like he is not afraid to drink the tea. My first thought is like, don't eat or touch or yes, drink anything. It's poison. Everything is poison, but he does say like, it would serve you no, like you're clearly smart women. Yeah. Lursa, <laughs> uh, you're clearly a <laughs> smart woman, Lursa. Um, it and would serve no purpose. Poison. That's true. Yeah, that, oh, look, well, Romulans I, do. Yes. <laughs> Which
1: is how Kim so, Peck died.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you're, and you're, and you're working with the Romulans and we kind of all know this. So, know. but he does say it serves no purpose to kill the arbiter before the decision is announced. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried about this. So he drinks the tea and they sort of do this, like, it would be a shame if anything were to happen to Galron if Dura, you know, if Dura's family isn't given like the titles and the honors that we want. Mm-hmm. And so they basically say like, if Toril is not found to be the next Klingon High Counselor. Like, you will have war with the Federation, and we can't have that. And Picard has the best line of the entire redemption story arc. He says, you have manipulated the circumstances with the skill of a Romulan. My decision will be announced at High Sun tomorrow. Excellent, T, ladies. And he just walks out, and I was like, oh, that first line. Mm -hmm. He clearly tells them, like, I know you're working with the Romulans without mm-hmm. saying. This is tell me. I know you know. I know you're working with the Romulans without saying. I know you're working with. Them. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's so wonderful. It is. I love and it. He
1: he also like before he said that epic line, explained to them what he could see because they were they were like surely you can see that it must be Dross's son who takes the the throne or whatever and he's mm-hmm. like I'll tell you what I see. What I see is that if he takes the throne, it's going to lead to war. If he doesn't mm-hmm. take the throne, it's gonna lead to war. That's mm-hmm. what I see. And Lursa's like, you see very clearly.
0: Mm. <laughs> like that's it. That's
1: exactly Damn it what i to hell.
0: Is. Tora, yep. stop trying to refill his teacup. Get away yep. from there. Move back. This is not working.
1: Take three steps back. This is not <laughs> working. <laughs> But also their attempt to, I did like how they were like, that was our brother. We're nothing like him. They, they'd keep doing this. Like we're nothing like our brother, which they actually are <laughs> nothing like they they're nothing like their brother. Um, but that doesn't make them good guys <laughs> either. So no. Picard is really between a rock and a hard place because now it's really looking like it's going to be war or double war.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want a side of war or a side of war? And it's like, uh oh, um, so Picard does go down to Klingon and he rules that Toro is a boy and cannot serve on the high council. And, and he
1: Toril- says it's because Toro hasn't fought any battles. He hasn't, he hasn't done anything to prove that he's a warrior, which I thought was a really clever uh, Re explanation. And also very in keeping with Klingon law. Like that mm-hmm. made sense to me. Cause he could have just been like, no, I mean, it should be Gowron cause he did the right of Ascension and yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. for him to be like, this boy has fought no battles. This boy has won nothing, but someday he might. And in that day, you know, maybe he'll come back and try to try this again. Yeah. But right now he's just too young. So he didn't, he didn't dismiss the boy. And he also didn't um, minimize the Dross family. And he made a claim that I feel like any Klingon could get behind.
0: Yeah. Except they don't. (laughs) Except of course they don't. And, you know, Picard says, so Gowron will be the high counselor. And Toro makes this impassioned speech. And unfortunately, most Klingons side with the Duros family. Mm-hmm. And I love that Garron's like, but Picard just made his decision. This isn't fair. Like, I'm I'm it's the king my
1: Empire. My, yeah. Mine, mine, mine,
0: mine, mine. <laughs> it very much feels that way. And so I mean, Duras' son he's not wrong. He's not no, wrong. He's not wrong.
1: <laughs> Duros's son walks out in a huff, and over half of the room follows him. And I yes. just thought,
0: I declare war. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? War starts like immediately. Yes. Duras ship starts firing. Later. Yep, mm-hmm. Duras ship starts firing on Gowron's ship. And I love that Picard is like, "I said I wouldn't get involved, and I'm not." Move the ship out of the combat area. And Worf at this point is on kern's ship, so he's right in the line of fire, literally.
1: Actually, at this point, he's on Gowron's ship. I'm sorry, he's, he's on Gowron's. He's making ship. That's his right. play to Gowron of like, "Hey, look." This is before they start getting fired upon. He's on Gowron's ship, and he's saying, hey, my brother is Kern. Surprise! Because they kept that a secret, so he wouldn't be (laughs) excommunicated also. So he goes, my brother is Kern. He has four squadrons with him. We will support you in this battle against the Dross family if, and only if, you restore our family honor. And Gowron's like, hmm, interesting. Uh, No. he's like, come on. Yeah. He's like, no, I can't. Because what we really need four squadrons is nothing in this war. I really need a Starfleet. So if you can get the Enterprise to get in on this fight, then I'll restore your family honor. And Worf is like, I literally had this conversation with my captain yesterday. He said no to all that stuff. He's Mm -hmm. not going to jump in this fight. And he's like, well, then you're not getting your family honor back. And you're just like, dang it. Worf's brilliant plan didn't work. And then they get fired upon. Yes. And then the Enterprises, they're watching and two ships against one. And you're like, uh-oh, you know, surely they'll do something. And R- Riker's like, let's do something. We can't stand back. There are our allies. And also yeah. Worf's on that and,
0: ship. And well, Worf's on that ship, but also even like beyond just the personal attachment to wharf, you just instated installed Gowron. Mm-hmm. You just installed Gowron as the Klingon High Counselor. So it is as allies of the Klingon Empire, it's our duty to defend the high counselor against any pretenders to the throne or anything. <clears throat> and Picard's like, I said, I wasn't going to get involved. And I'm not, I put the cloak on the guy and my role is done as arbiter. Mm-hmm. I'm done yep. here. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and here they have to like move the ship away. And, you know, people at the con are saying like, Hey, Gowron's ship is damaged. Their shields won't take any more hits. Now their shields are down. Wharf is on that ship. And Picard is like, Ensign, move us back further. And I was like, Oh God, that is just so hard. Because, mm-hmm. And this is what makes Picard such a great captain because I would be like, Worf is on that ship, get him out of there, you know, or something right. Like, Transport you, him out
1: and let the rest of the people blow up or something, exa- which
0: which of course would lead to like investigations and probably war and all be this other shit. It would be completely wrong. It would be yeah, yeah, it would one be, life and
1: sacrifice all the rest.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, no, no, no. Now, they end up. Um, one of Kern's ships actually shows up and kind of helps blast away the Duras mm-hmm. ship, and they take it off. Saves so, the day. yeah, saves and the Worf day. Also
1: saves the day. So between Worf and Kern, Gowron should be kissing their boots and running to reinstate yeah, their family the honor. The sons
0: of Moog. exactly. So they
1: literally saved his life.
0: Yeah. Um, now Picard does get recalled because you know what? They didn't actually install Gowron yet. I just realized Gowron oh, right. is like, cool. Put the, that's we true. made he it. Never put the we made it. His in... little boy was there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was like, all right. So we just Kern came to, came and save us, you know, saved by the bell. And mm-hmm. now that like our ship is still smoking, we still have injuries all over the place. Now is the time to be, you know, installed. Officially installed. I can... mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're officially installed. Um, Gauron's officially installed, and we jump back to the Enterprise just kind of briefly. And Worf begs Picard to intervene with the Duras matter. They represent a threat to the peace with the Federation. But Picard is like, "This is an internal matter of a Klingon war. I'm not getting involved." And I think that Picard could see how passionately Worf was fighting for this because now, now Worf has a vested interest in seeing Gauron be in. You know, like defended as high counselor because this one, it's the right thing to do. And two, mm-hmm. it, he also has the added benefit of getting, getting his family name back, but Worf is really passionately pushing against this. And I think that Picard sees this and sort of forces Worf's hand. Cause he's like, we're leaving the sector immediately. I need you back at your station. And Worf is like, can I extend my leave? Like, can I take an extended official leave? And Picard's like, no. And also I need you to, you know, not have anything to do with this going Lord forward. Form. Yeah. He does say, um, Worf,
1: you must see or something like that, how inappropriate it is for you as a Starfleet officer to be directly involved in this conflict. Mm-hmm. Just like I can't step into it. You can't step into it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which he
1: can't like it's, it's because you work for Starfleet that you can't just take an extended lead and go fight in a war for some other people. Like you can't even can if it's you, your people. You yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's like if you are an expat living in the U.S. and you join the military here and there's a war back on your home turf, you can't just be like flip flopping sides or Mm -mm. like, you know, you're going to leave the U.S. military to go fight in some other military, but to come back to the U.S. military when you're like, it doesn't work like that.
0: Mm -hmm. It It doesn't doesn't. work like that. It doesn't. And, And, you know, Worf is, Worf resigns his commission. In order to do what he feels is right, which I think is the right thing to do for Worf, right? Where he's like, okay, there is a conflict of interest for me to be in Starfleet and fighting in this other, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just resign. So, you know, Picard comes to see him as he's packing and he's like, are you certain, you know, you're doing the right thing? And Worf is like, you know, I was raised by humans, but I'm still Klingon at heart. And- I do love that he's dressed in his Klingon uniform, which he Mm -hmm. was able to replicate really quickly, apparently. And Mm -hmm. when he walks to the transporter room, the corridors are lined with servicemen and women to pay their respects to Worf as he leaves. And I just love that. And literally my
1: favorite scene in this whole entire episode. Oh, my God. So it's so touching. So touching. And then when he gets to the transporter room itself, we have just like the main bridge. We've got Beverly and data and stuff. And you're just like, oh.
0: This I know. Like,
1: and this is just beautiful. This is beautiful.
0: Yeah. And Worf does have a very touching speech at the end where he says goodbye. And that's it. <laughs> it's a very warm yeah, thing Picard, to say. Picard
1: says like, says, you know, kapla, you know, and and Worf responds with goodbye. So it's like Picard's meeting him halfway in honoring mm-hmm. Klingon customs mm-hmm. and Klingons uh, and Worf is honoring them with a human custom. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. And I I, also, it's it's almost the end of the episode at this point when, when, um, Worf leaves. So I actually thought the episode was over here and then it kept going. I was like, Oh, but I thought this would be, um, a really good season finale because you could like, I was, I was just thinking they could easily write Worf off the show. He could no longer be on the show. You could come back next season and he could be gone and you could be like, wait, did he really leave? Did he Mm -hmm. really leave? And they could just be like, Oh, he died on some planet or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's never killed in battle. Yeah, so I was like this is actually a pretty good cliffhanger cuz I was not it's not like Picard, you know, like with Picard and the Borg, you don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen, but you know Picard is coming back. He's not going to stay aboard forever. I don't know how, I don't know, but you know something has to happen. But with this, you don't know. Borg mm-hmm. can easily be written off the show, never to be seen or heard from again. And that would be kind of sad. I get, and we would need some new security officer.
0: Um mm-hmm. but that's
1: not the end. So even there I was like, "Oh, but that's not the end. We have another scene." That's an even bigger bump, bum bum, where we're back with the Duras sisters in some secret room or ship or whatever. And this Romulan woman who's been hiding in the shadows this whole time throughout all these episodes finally comes out of the shadows. And she looks exactly like Tasha Yar, but dressed like a Romulan.
0: Ba-ba-bum. Yes, yes, yes. Because they say, "Look, Picard has moved out of orbit. He's leaving." And the shadowy figure says, "Let's not count him out yet, because he's human, and humans have a way of appearing when you least expect them to." And it's fucking Romulan Tasha Yar. It's Tasha Yar with a blonde Romulan haircut and a Romulan uniform. And you're like, "Ha, who? What?" Mm-hmm. And that's that familiar voice that we've been hearing since the Mind's Eye, where it's like, "Oh my god." Here it is. Here is this long build up. Mm-hmm. And now the Romulans have this card to play where it's Tasha, but is it Tasha? We don't know. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And that's where the cliffhanger ends. And you're like, what? And then yeah. that's it. And it's so memorable Fabulous. that
1: I've, I've never forgotten that Tasha becomes a Romulan. But at the time, because these episodes were so spread out, I had no idea who that shadowy person was. Had no guess, no idea. It was Mm -hmm. just some random person who likes to be in the shadows. So what? Yeah. There was just nothing, nothing important (laughs) about that at all. But this reveal is like, wait, what? It's
0: like Mm -hmm. the last
1: person in the world you would think. Yes. That 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 voice would belong to. is Yes.
0: Yes. And this is, this is why we didn't want to say anything for our listeners who may be watching the show for the first time. We didn't want to say in the mind's eye, like, oh my God, it's Tasha's voice, you know, because it's like, wait, what? So yeah, this is this big reveal. And so it goes to be continued. And then, you know, in real in the real world in 90s, you had to wait months and months and months and months to <laughs> yeah. figure out like what is going on, which lovely, you know, in the Paramount Plus world and in the Netflix world, um, you could just go to the next episode. Mm-hmm. So that it was like, oh my gosh. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode before we do the wrap up next week.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, For my thoughts were that I think this was a really good season finale because season finales usually need to end on some kind of cliffhanger so that they, you know, they, they hope the show gets picked up and that a lot of people yep. are interested in it next season, but also so that people come back to watch it. There's a reason to come back. And I think, well, I do think best of both worlds was the best cliffhanger and oh will continue to be for all of TNG. And they keep trying to replicate it and they can never replicate it. Like Mm-mm. you just can't replicate it. Mm-mm. Even though that is true. I actually like this as a season finale. I don't think it was, I don't think it was bad. I I would have definitely been like question one, does Worf ever come back or does he get killed on some, in some Klingon battle and we never see him again. And then question two, why is Tasha, why does Tasha look like a Romulan? Why is she dressed like a Romulan? Where'd she come from? Didn't she die like yeah. twice at this point? Yes. Once by wind and again, through time with the Rocklands and a war, like (laughs) this is going to be her third time dying. Like what's going on. So that those were my final thoughts about this. I thought it was a good season finale. What about you?
0: Um, I had two sort of main thoughts, um, as a wrap up. One is I watched these episodes and I do watch these episodes today, like just back to back. So it doesn't feel like a cliffhanger to me because I'm like, oh, next episode. I, I already sort of know what's going to happen, whatever. But in in when this was aired, I mean, it's when it was first aired, and you had to wait months to figure out what the conclusion was. It is a very good season finale. Worf leaves the ship everybody lines up to pay their respects and say their farewells mm-hmm. we see a Romulan Tasha Yar come out of the shadows and you're like what the f so that's my first thought that it is I think I agree with you I think it is a really good season finale as just a two-part episode I think it's just fine because mm-hmm. we pick up immediately mm-hmm. in today's yeah, streaming world my second thought which is my main takeaway is even Guinan would be a better security chief than her. War- <laughs> <laughs> okay. She has to lower herself to level 14 to play at his standards. And even at level 14, he was missing all the damn time and she didn't miss once. And we all know that Worf isn't great as security. The security team on the enterprise is not great, but even Guinan would make a better security chief. And that makes me mad. Even Guinan. Come on guys. I mean, not not devaluing Guinan because she's a badass and she's got a phaser rifle that she fires off in the ship. She just Mm -hmm. fires weapons off in the ship. Mm -hmm. But come on, (laughs) come on guys. If pacifist ever listening Guinan is, is better at killing baddies than you are. Maybe you're not that great at your job. That's it. Yeah. And
1: this is the flagship of the Federation. Yeah. You guys are, you guys are the
0: cream of the crop here and this is it. Yeah.
1: It's a little sus. (laughs) I think we need some, yeah, we need ma- massive retraining, which is has been our recommendation to Starfleet for multiple seasons at this point.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start setting out some subspace communications to get this ball rolling because mm-hmm. I'm sick of seeing security suck so Sub- bad. Subpar security. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we are talking the conclusion, season five, episode one, redemption part two. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.
1: Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.